Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. It is the second hour of Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge. This is Faith Radio. If you're joining us for the very first time in Rapid City, South Dakota, or across the Black Hills on KLMP 88.3, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Faith Radio family. Um, you are up and Adam early today. So uh, we did have a comment from a listener in Connecticut who listens out of our Hartford signal there um, and said uh, that they have the best, they have actually the best time frame because they have mornings with Carmen seven to nine. Those of you in the Black Hills, you are going to have us from five to seven in the morning. So you are up and Adam early. And so we're pretty sure that means you are getting the worm. Right? That's how that works, Paul, right? Early, the early bird, bird gets, gets yes, the worm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, if you check out MyFaithRadio.com, you will see that there are a number of things going on right now into which we invite you to uh, participate. Um, we want to we wanna welcome you. You can text the word welcome to 877-933-2484. I'm going to say that number more slowly for those of you hearing it for the very first time today. It is the number that you will use to, to text us here at Faith Radio during all of our live programs, Susie Larson Live and Bill Arnold in the afternoon as well. The number is 877-933-2484. Uh, when we're giving away books, that will be the number to which you text the word book. Um, today, if you text the word welcome to that number, um, it will send you to a page where you can help us know you're listening for the first time uh, or you'd like to know more about the Ministry of Faith Radio. We'd love to send you a welcome packet. So there you go. One of the things going on right now is that we are reading through the book of Acts. So periodically during the year, we uh, do an intentional read through a book of the Bible. And right now we are reading together through the book of Acts. There's 28 days in February. There's 28 chapters in Acts. So, you know, because we're radio people, we're really good at math. And so we thought, hey, this would be a good month to do the book of Acts. We have just done the book of Luke um, in uh, during the season of Advent. And so we thought, let's do this. Let's do this now. Acts is the follow-on to Luke's gospel. And so we find ourselves today on February the 9th in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And in this chapter, we read about the conversion of uh, of a Pharisee whose name is Saul into a disciple, an apostle whose name is Paul. And you may know Paul from his letters. You may know Paul from his missionary journeys. But before Paul was Paul, the disciple of Jesus, the uh, the incredible missionary of the gospel, Paul was Saul, and he was a persecutor of the church of Jesus Christ. And so Acts chapter 9 opens with Saul, quote, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priest and he asked the high priest for letters to the synagogues in Damascus 
So uh, that if he found anyone belonging to the way, that is uh, an acknowledgement of people following Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. So belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So Paul wants to go up to Damascus uh, equipped and armed with these letters from, uh, from the high priest, and he wants to identify Jews who have become Christians, and he wants to then bring them back as prisoners bound to Jerusalem uh, so that, well, frankly, they might find themselves at least imprisoned, if not like Stephen, stoned to death in the street. So he went on his way and he approached Damascus, and this is where he has this transforming encounter with the living Christ, who has risen from the dead and ascended into heaven, um, but obviously is still very active and interested uh, in the progress of the gospel, the advancement of the gospel, and he wants to use this individual to do it. And so he stops Paul dead in his tracks. So it says, suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. So this is a theophany in the Bible, God appearing in a particular way in real time. Falling to the ground, Saul heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and you will be told what to do. So the men who are traveling with him, they stood speechless. They heard the voice, but they didn't see anyone. And Paul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. And they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and he neither ate nor drank. Now, it goes on to talk about um, the way God uses another disciple— in Damascus, whose name is Ananias. I don't want you to miss this, so please read Acts chapter 9 today and participate with us in reading through the Bible. There is a complimentary reading and study guide as well as a daily podcast, and you can access all of it at MyFaithRadio.com. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I am Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. wondering why uh, Paul is playing that little ditty. Yeah, why and that's would I because... do something so silly like yeah, that? I know, it's because you're making me hungry because it's my favorite <laughs> breakfast food. It's leftover cold lasagna. Or I, pizza, yeah. <laughs> totally. I know. Well, I think my favorite is the leftover cold lasagna. And then, yeah, pizza would be definitely on the list as well. So yeah. we call this uh, portion of the program uh, that we get to do periodically, we call it leftovers, which means that somebody who we thought we were going to talk with this morning was uh, maybe at the last minute unable to join us. And so here we go. What does Carmen have to say or think about today? So I am thinking about prayer and the power of prayer today. And I was reading yesterday um, an article in Christianity Today 
about um, what is happening in Tonga. You will remember that the people of Tonga experienced this massive eruption, volcanic eruption. The the It cut them off literally from the rest of the world, severing a, uh, a cable that ran along the bottom of the sea. You're going to read uh, headlines today that Elon Musk is very, very actively seeking to reconnect the people of Tonga um, to the rest of the world via the internet. Um, he's just personally giving his attention to that, which is a pretty cool thing. Uh, but this piece in Christianity Today highlights uh, the Christian engagement in prayer around the world, and then the testimony of the Tongalese people who talk about how they literally felt, literally felt the power of our prayers. And so uh, reading a few quotes from this piece at ChristianityToday.com, Tevi, who is the formal, former General Secretary of the Pacific Conference of Churches in Tonga, um, uh, said, um, I feel that we have been the subject of the prayers of the worldwide Christian community. There's a testimony here in this piece about the way they felt the prayers of Christians around the world. They talked about being anxious uh, or people, uh, you know, their loved ones around the world being anxious about the fate of their loved ones. Uh, and so calling for these all-night prayer marathons, uh, they organized vigils around the world. Uh, the Tongalese people have 150 um, uh, Tongans in, in what is called diaspora, right, living outside of uh, the 170 islands that constitute the nation of Tonga. And many of those people live in Australia, they live in New Zealand, and they live here in the United States. And so there were these all-night prayer marathons um, and then obviously the use of social media imploring believers to plead to God for safety and protection. And the Tonkalese people talk about um, uh, feeling feeling those prayers, feeling uplifted by those prayers, and then now giving testimony to God for having supernaturally protected them um, and the grace they they believe they have experienced, the radical grace that they have experienced. With all of that, um, with the vol volcanic eruption, with the tsunami that followed, this is extraordinary. Um, I mean, it is tragic that three people died. It's extraordinary that only three people died. It's absolutely, I mean, it's almost unfathomable. It's almost uh, uh, unbelievable. And the Tongalese Christians are saying it's because of God's goodness and grace. It's because God's people prayed and God answered those prayers. And so they are in the midst of 50 feet of ash, in the midst of 50 feet of ash, giving praise and glory and thanksgiving to God. That is extraordinary. And I wanted to lift that up today. I'm going to invite you to share your prayer concerns um, with me. We here at Faith Radio love to pray with you and for you. Uh, and so I, um, if there's something, if you have a particular need, a particular way that you would like for uh, me to lift you up today, I won't read your prayer concerns on air unless you tell me it's okay to do so. But text, text your prayer concerns to us at 877-933-2484. You can be confident that I will pray for you. Um, I am confident that you are praying for me. They could be prayers of thanksgiving and praise. They could be prayers for health and healing or relief, endurance, patience, provision, prayers of restoration or overcoming, prayers for strength or protection from the enemy or 
prayers for prodigals, prayers for stiff-necked, hard-hearted loved ones, um, prayers for peace internally, externally, eternally, right here, right now. You have a prayer concern today? Would you share it with me? Just text me at 877-933-2484. This is Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Cold pizza for breakfast, warm Coke to wash it down. Maybe a couple of anchovies. Okay, that seems like, um, Paul, maybe we shouldn't yeah. be talking about cold pizza <laughs> and warm Coke if we're encouraging people to... Eat healthy. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, have a... What was the what was the language? I liked the language. It was like the, the optimized diet. There, there you, so well, the question yeah. is, what was in that optimized diet? Okay, so I, I they could have just called it the eat like Jesus diet. Really? Because it's Mediterranean. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, essentially, right? So if we would eat like Jesus, well, and if we would walk like Jesus, like literally, like walk everywhere. Him. I'm just saying, like, right? <laughs> if we would eat like Jesus, and we would, um, you know walk everywhere like Jesus did. Um, uh, yeah, we, yeah. Well, and and I, I understand there are those who are saying that I should have never suggested that we can extend our life. You're right. You're right. That's, um, we can't add to our days. Like our days are already numbered. They're written in the book of life. I totally get that. Um, but I do think we can shorten our days. I definitely think that the, the consequences of our behavior can uh, can limit our ability to be vessels of God's good use and um, conduits of God's grace in the world. And I think that we can limit our day. We can cut our days short by our behavior. Um, I mean, certainly the violence of others or the sin of others cuts short the days um, uh, of people as well. So there you go. Yes, God is in control of all of it. I totally acknowledge that. Thank you for uh, that engagement. All right, so some prayers that folks are lifting up. Um, Particular prayers, I've asked you guys to share your prayer requests, and we're going to pray right now for one another's concerns. You can text your prayer concerns to 877-933-2484. Lifting up prayers now for a 16-year-old son who's struggling in school and struggling to communicate uh, his feelings and his emotions, asking for God's wisdom and care and concern and love and words and grace, and for the parents and others who are engaged with that young man. Prayers today for healing um, uh, for a family member who uh, who needs a kidney, praying uh, continued prayers in that situation. That's a prayer over which we've been praying for some time. Prayers for a family, a mom with four young children today. Um, Oh, she died last week. Oh, prayers for her husband and for those children going forward. Yes. Amen. 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 Let us be lifting up that sweet family, that dad and those babies. Um, Father, grant your grace and your mercy. Surround them with your love. Give them the resources sufficient to the living of these days. Um, We're going to pray against the enemy, stirring up anger. I I am with you in this. My fellow Christian who is asking for this prayer, um, amen to this. I need this as well. Um, In particular, uh, praying um, for for this fellow believer that the Holy Spirit would fill you in such a way um, that you would be patient with your newly believing husband, um, that you would encourage your newly believing uh, husband to reach to God when he struggles. Let us do the same. Um, Father, we thank you for this 
this new believer, and we ask that um, you would protect them, set a divine hedge of protection around them, drive the enemy away um, from, from any point of entry into their life. Guard their heart and mind in Christ Jesus, Lord, we pray. Praying um, for a sister who is asking uh, a prayer for a job, loves what she does, but can be very demanding and every day um, feels like a marathon lately. Holy God, give her endurance, give her joy in the, mo- in the moment, open her eyes that she can see that she is not alone, that you are with her, sustaining her, providing moment by moment uh, your grace, which is all sufficient for the living of these days. Praying uh, alongside a sister here who actually started a prayer for prodigals group at their church. Um, For those of you who know prodigals, um, have prodigals in your own family or in families that you love, praying for prodigals and praying for those who love prodigals is a a full-time calling. And so um, thank you for sharing this. you know, Anne is, Anne is saying there are 12 families participating so far and certainly seeing and experiencing uh, God's grace in answer to those prayers. Another uh, friend, again, everyone's just texting in right now, and you can too. You can text your prayer concerns to 877-933-2484. Um, praying with, uh, with this friend who is praying for peace that surpasses all understanding celebrating um, an anniversary of an unexpected homecoming and uh, asking um, for God's um, grace in their family, Um, thanking God for his good and perfect gifts, which come from above, Um, acknowledging that we don't know the number of our days, but have the privilege of loving people unconditionally moment by moment in this day, Uh, which God has given us to live by his grace and to his glory. Amen, amen, and amen. I love the way you all are praying in your prayer requests. Um, We have a request here from from a friend who says, please pray for my elementary age grandchild. I'm having very challenging behavioral issues. Pray for the household. Pray that God would put this precious one um, uh, with a believing counselor um, for help. Father, we lift up this uh, this child to you, fearfully and wonderfully made. You know this. You know this little child so well. You also know their family, um, parents, grandparents. You know their teachers. You know every person whom you uh, intend to use for the building up of this little life. And so, Father, um, ask that you would intervene now in ways that um, we might not even know how to ask, but you know how to answer praying with a listener for their struggling marriage right now and for another who is um, praying for uh, an alcoholic uh, mom, praying alongside um, uh, a sister who's been praying for her husband's salvation for 40 years and two prodigal sons and a daughter to return to the Lord and be reconciled to each other. Prayers for healing related to all kinds of infirmities and diseases Prayers for a co-worker recently diagnosed with epilepsy. Oh, God. Oh, Father. Hear us. Hear us, Father. Hear our prayers. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Sometimes you hear something um, on the program and you wonder, um, you know, well, where could I find that? Where can I listen to that again? Uh, You can listen to the entirety of the program again uh, at MyFaithRadio.com. It'll be posted on the Mornings with Carmen page. You can also listen again on the Faith Radio app. Thank you for uh, continuing to share your prayer concerns. Um, A prayer lifted up for Joseph that I will invite you into. A prayer lifted up for Alberto that I will invite you into as well. Um, Let's be praying for each other today with gentleness. Um, God knows every name, every concern, every situation. He also knows his good and perfect will in the midst of it. So just know I'm going to continue praying for you, even as I know you're going to continue praying for me and for one another. We, uh, we know that we're called to love God and to love neighbor, but what does that really mean today? Like, what does it really mean today to truly love our neighbor as Jesus commands? Um, what, what do we do when our neighbors are strangers or worse, when our neighbors have become enemies? We're going to talk with Catherine McNeil, Catherine McNeil next. Um, her book is... Fearing bravely, risking love for our neighbors, strangers, and enemies. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge, and this is Faith Radio. McNeil is a writer. She's a mom. She's a gardener. She's a student of theology. Um, She's on the lookout for wisdom, beauty, and iced coffee, which immediately makes her, uh, you know, a sister in Christ in a myriad of ways. Catherine McNeil, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Carmen, it's so good to be here with you today. Do you have any iced coffee for me? I I didn't see that. I, I I do. Um, it, okay, has, it has a little bit of vanilla creamer in it. Is that okay? That is perfect. We are right. we are sisters. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, let's talk today about Jesus's command that we love our neighbors. Yes. Yeah, because every book, you know, every book, no matter what it is, it comes from a place or a moment or a conversation or a sense of some unmet need in our own life or the community in which we live. So t- so just talk with us about, you know, where where does this book, Fearing Bravely, come from? Well, you know, when Jesus was teaching, he said that the two greatest commandments were to love God with all our heart and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And that seemed to be a totally non-controversial statement at at that time, um, everyone kind of agreed. Yeah, we know we got that. We that's absolutely right. Um, and I, I listen to the things we talk about and the things we argue about and the things we hold ourselves to and the things we hold each other to. And 
seems like there's a lot of aspects of the Christian life or God's teaching that we find much, much more important um, to talk about, to argue about, to to live out than than loving our neighbor. I feel like we kind of let that one slide. So I wanted to really take a look at if Jesus if Jesus says this one is so important, let's put that right up there with loving God. I wonder if if we should maybe take another look. So the book is Fearing Bravely, Risking Love for Our Neighbors, Strangers, and Enemies. I think the fastest way to find Catherine and the book is to go to Catherine's website, Catherine with a C, McNeil, M-C-N-I-E-L-L, sorry, Catherine McNeil. McNeil is spelled M-C-N-I-E-L dot com. Catherine McNeil dot com is an easy place to find Fearing Bravely. I like that you um, acknowledge that uh, this is going to require risk. Like, I can't love my neighbor without risking something. So talk with us about the reality of risk in all of this. Yeah, I think there's maybe two sides to this idea of risk. The one is, is that whenever we enter into a genuine transformational relationship, we, we are putting ourselves out there. And I think a lot of times the way Christians interact with our communities, it's, it's very kind of, uh, charitable, shall we say we are, we are sending some money or we are doing some volunteer work. And that's all that is so necessary. I, I work for an organization that needs both of those things. So don't stop. But, um, I think we miss the relationship part and, taking the steps to actually be vulnerable in a relationship with our neighbors is not necessarily a risk to our safety, but it is a risk to ourselves. And I think sometimes we prefer to stand back and, and just, you know, love our neighbors in a theoretical sense, rather than actually getting into the mess of a relationship. Um, But I think there's another maybe more tangible sense where we really have heard so many warnings about our our fellow humans that we are genuinely actually afraid that the people, whether they're our neighbors or strangers or even enemies, are dangerous to us in a in a tangible sense. They're doing something to harm us, to harm our community, to harm our country, to harm our values. And so we've built walls of protection that are actually separating us from the people that God is calling us to actively, sacrificially, genuinely love. When I think about um, loving neighbor in a way that risks something, right? So this relational, I mean, love should always require a relationship, but sadly in our culture, it does not always require a relationship. And I think that's one of the things you're highlighting here. Like if I'm not actually risking something, it's not really the kind of love with which Jesus loves. And so risking, um, risking love requires a real relationship with a real person who may well be a real mess. And that is going to require something of me that, you know, frankly, as a captive of American expressive individualism, you know, I'm only getting into relationships that are good for me or that I can get something out of. This is is where you're flipping, uh, you're flipping the American script, right? You're talking about intentionally entering into relationships with other people that we might serve them, that we might love them, that we might um, be Jesus to them. Yes, absolutely. I think, 
I, that is absolutely what Jesus has called the church to do and to be. And it, it is messy. And uh, I do think it's very countercultural to the American way and the American dream, which gives us all kind of our own house, our own garage, our own car. And we can kind of keep ourselves separate and make sure that we're looking out for our own space and our own property. Um and, you know, I'm an introvert, so the thought of having neighbors that I maybe don't even like that much and I don't feel super close to just kind of stopping by my house and invading my personal space and my time and probably my house is really messy and I'm probably wearing sweatpants, um, even though that's not one of the real dangers, you know, that we I do talk about in the book, it, it still is a risk. Um, it still is asking me to give up something to say... I was not anticipating someone to enter my house and chat with me right now or to get a phone call saying, can I come over and babysit their kids because they have to quick run someone to the hospital. You know, relationships are messy and they do require that we give up some autonomy and some of our comfort just to prioritize people. But in return, we get relationship and community and um, Jesus seems to think that God's love is embodied in that practice. We're talking with author Catherine McNeil about her brand new book, Fearing Bravely, Risking Love for Our Neighbors, Strangers, and Enemies. Easiest and best way to connect with Catherine and the book is at CatherineMcNeil.com. Um, let's talk about fear. Fear dominates uh, the world today. Fear dominates many of our conversations. It dominates the way we look at the horizon and, uh, yeah, and and even, you know, the afternoon commute, right? I mean, you know, if you weren't fearing something yesterday, now you're fearing that, you know, vehicular deaths are way up in America and so are homicides. I mean, on and on and on, right? There's so much to quote unquote fear, but we're Christians. And so, you know, we're the people for whom perfect love has cast out fear, Talk with us a little bit about fear in the life of the Christian. And, um, you know, obviously you start with the word fearing in the title of the book. So let's just go there. Let's go into this world of fear. Okay. Um, You know, my editor and I chose the title Fearing Bravely very intentionally. We spent hours (laughs) uh, wrestling with that because I didn't want to say there's nothing to be afraid of. You know, it's not that everything is fine or that fear itself is bad. It's that we have become captive to it, I think, here in America, uh, Christians even in America. Um, Jesus was never saying that everything is safe and everything is fine. And so you can take these steps of obedience to build Christian community that benefits the entire community because nothing bad's going to happen. It's totally fine. Jesus was never saying that. Jesus was killed, and he even promised his followers that they would have suffering, uh, that many of them would be killed as well. They were living in an incredibly dangerous time and place. And yet Jesus was saying the only way you're going to survive this, the only way you're going to come through this, having invested in goodness and a goodness that overcomes evil rather than giving way to evil and being consumed by it is if you take your eyes off of the very real reasons to be afraid and put them on me, put them on God, put them on God's love, which overcomes our fear. And then that empowers us, this love, not 
not fear, but love empowers us to step into the world and do something good and something beautiful in the name of Jesus. And I do absolutely agree with you that today we are just dominated by warnings. Um, and, you know, I think it's important that we realize that's not by accident. It's very intentional. There is a terrific marketing plan to be had in repeatedly telling someone that things are dangerous, things are things are getting worse, you need to vote for me, or you need to tune into this television station, or you need to continue to buy these books, because we are going to give you the information you need to stay safe in the midst of this terrible storm. Um, that's a, It's a self-serving motive, and we are all um, suffering as a result. And in the midst of it all, Jesus is saying, it's true that in this world, there is suffering, but I have overcome and I have overcome by love, love for you and a love that extends even to your neighbors. And my love extends even to the strangers and my love extends even to your enemies. And Jesus' invitation to live free of the fears that we are captive to is so compelling to me. Yeah, the way Jesus moves through the world um, and into relationships with people um, and does so with perfect love and with no fear ought to be uh, for each and every one of us the model, not only for uh, for the conversations that we have inside our families and Christian communities, but with everyone outside of those realities. Yes. We're talking with Catherine McNeil. We're talking about her brand new book, Fearing Bravely, Risking Love for Our Neighbors, Strangers, and Enemies. And when we come back, Catherine is going to address a listener question. Um, this listener is saying, hey, there's just a lot of people who have a hard time receiving help or receiving love. Can we talk about loving people who make it hard for us to love them? Yeah, we're going to get down to the very personal and very practical next with Catherine McNeil. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Continuing our conversation with author Catherine McNeil. We're talking about her brand new book, Fearing Bravely, Risking Love for Our Neighbors, Strangers, and Enemies. You can find Catherine at Catherine McNeil. McNeil is M-C-N-I-E-L, CatherineMcNeil.com. Catherine, um, let's address this uh, this question uh, that's super personal, super practical. Um, how do we cultivate... A, a relationship with and then love, genuinely love people who are super different than us and maybe even aren't terribly receptive. Hmm. Yeah. The, you know, these are hard things. And I think the main thing I'm hoping will result from this book, Fearing Bravely, is that Christians will have conversations to really wrestle through the practicalities of this because. I am not prescribing any easy answers. Um, if if risking love for our neighbors, strangers, and enemies, as Jesus asked us to do, was easy um, or straightforward, I don't think it would have taken us 2,000 of years to, to really apply ourselves to it. Um, so first of all, my, my main thought is find local people with a similar vision for God's kingdom and really wrestle with the practicalities together because they're there are many, many uh, hurdles to this task, but my one of my thoughts here is that 
I do think that, as we mentioned before the break, a lot of times our attempts at loving others have been kind of a check the box kind of thing. Well, uh, let me, I'm, I'm convinced that you need a turkey, so I'm going to drop a turkey off at your door. And maybe they don't, maybe they're vegetarians. Maybe they don't need a turkey. Uh, some of it is us being willing to risk the vulnerability of actually knowing and being known. And that takes a long time. That's not a check the box kind of an attempt. Um, so sometimes we just have to get to know people and figure out why our attempts have fallen flat. Um, and that's, that's where real relationship comes in. But there are some people who are much, much harder to love. And I have a whole section on enemies. And um, I love the story where Jesus says, I've said to you, love your neighbor. But now I'm saying to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And for sure, this has to be the hardest of Jesus' teaching. Um, when I initially read that, I thought that was too kind of a poetic way of saying the same thing twice. Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. But as I actually dug into the Greek and to the actual words being used there, I'm convinced he's talking about two different sets of people. Those who persecute us are those who are actually trying actively to harm us. And what he's saying to do there is to pray for them. I don't think we necessarily need to put ourselves unnecessarily in harm's way with people we already know are abusive or toxic or dangerous. But... If we are praying for them, we will keep our hearts from becoming bitter and cynical. The other group, enemies, is described far more as those we look down on, the people we think are disgusting or horrible, the people we think just need to get out of here. And those are the people Jesus is saying to love. And it's a very active word, this agape, love. It means really putting yourself out there to do active work to make their life better. And, you know, what a transformational step that would be if Christians took seriously, um, ask ourselves, like, what people in my town or my country do I just think are the worst? How can I actively serve them? That would, that, I think Jesus is right. I think that would change the world. I heard someone once reflect on on that same, um, you know, teaching of Jesus in relationship to neighbors and then enemies, like love love your neighbors, no, now love your enemies, and then pray for those who persecute you. And they were talking about it in conversation with the Beatitudes at the opening of Matthew chapter five. Yeah. And it was so sticky because the person was talking about, you know, how how we pray to be blessed, how to, you know, we, we pray to be recipients of God's blessing. And then we look at the people who Jesus describes as blessed and being blessed. And then we look at the conversation about persecution and those who are persecuting um, believers. And, and it just is an interesting, it's an interesting exercise for a Christian to consider what I'm praying when I'm asking for God's blessing or seeking God's blessing and what and how I'm praying for those who are persecuting the body of yeah. Christ and yes. members of it. Um, and so that's really, really helpful. Thank you for, um, thank you for highlighting that, Catherine. Um, yeah. Let's do this. Let's, um, cause we probably have time for one more, you know, conversation point here. Um, okay. Can you give us some, you know, like, like take us into this in your own life, let, take us into like a, the practical reality of this. How how are you cultivating genuine community um, in in these kinds of relationships? 
Well, uh, one very practical thing I was doing with great joy and success before the pandemic was uh, <laughs> some neighbors and I started something called Messy Monday. And we would gather to eat dinner together with our families. We all um, would meet with whatever food we were going to have that night anyway. So nobody is allowed to make a fancy meal unless they were going to. No one's allowed to clean their house. We just would take turns gathering at a different neighborhood house, everyone just bringing whatever was on tap for that night, whether it's a box of macaroni and cheese or a fancy lasagna, and we have a little potluck together. Um, and we saw this as an act of saying, uh, I'm not going to wait for my house to be clean. I'm not going to wait for the energy to cook a fancy meal for us to gather together and build a community. We are going to uh, have the spiritual discipline of eating together with a messy house, with a packed schedule, with uh, less than ideal picture-perfect meals. Um, Messy Monday is what we called it, and um, that is what we did. We had to, we've had to take up several pauses because of, of wanting to love each other by not in, in getting each other sick, but um, I'm looking forward to getting back to that again. Um, my church, I'm grateful to say, has done very intentional work um, in getting to know in a genuine trust-building way our neighbors, many of whom are strangers, many of whom are recent immigrants from other countries, um, and learning to see these newcomers not as potential enemies, but as potential friends. And so I've been grateful to be a part of that as well. Uh, when you get to know someone, like really sit across the table with someone who's probably grew up in a different country in an incredibly different uh, lifestyle and culture. Um, the world gets small and, and I always see the face of God in, in this new brother or sister. And I realize that they are my neighbors. These are not strangers and these are not enemies. These in the vast, vast majority of time are my brothers and sisters. And that is such a gift to me. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, Catherine McNeil, thank you for joining us. Fearing Bravely is the book. You can find Catherine and Fearing Bravely at CatherineMcNeil.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. I'm going to continue to uh, pray through and over and with you as you have lifted up your prayers. I'm praying specifically right now for a sister who is suffering with depression, um, not getting out of bed, prayers for her daughter and granddaughter, asking God to uh, awaken, enlighten, enliven, uh, give the gift of real life and the restoration of relationship. Um, praying as well for um, a, a friend who is going to be with a brother who has terminal cancer, not sure whether or not he's a believer. So asking God to provide opportunity not only to see him today, um, but to but to talk about the reality of of eternity and to shine the light of Christ into the life of this brother. Oh God, hear our prayers. Thank you so much for including me in your day. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.